Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. We are the Satellite Sisters. Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here in Santa Monica, California today with my two sisters. Julie Dolan, you're in Dallas, Texas. How's everything there? I'm I'm very well, Liz, because today is the first day of my uh, second annual personal citrus festival that I like to run every January. So I went to the store this morning. And I have blood oranges, I have heirloom navel oranges, I have tangelos, I have mandarin oranges, I've got lemons, I've got limes. So I'm having a little citrus festival. And I suggest that everybody uh, can participate in that. You know, there's flu season, there's a lot of germs out there, and you you would benefit from uh, citrus. You know, it's funny because this morning is the first morning ever in my life that I drank hot water with lemon in it because I read about that on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group that allegedly that's good for you first thing in the morning. So I'm going to give that a go as my my citrus commitment is uh, is, <laughs> is is a little bit of that. And Leah Nolan, uh, you are in Pasadena, California. Welcome home. You just got back from Washington, D.C. I did, Liz and Julie. It was an exciting weekend. But I, I'd like to get in on this citrus thing. I mean, I, I don't want to rub it in your faces, but I have an unbelievable lime tree and a Meyer lemon tree and an orange tree. And uh, Satsuma's right in the backyard. So it's a, it's really? always a citrus festival at my house, is I guess <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> always. In fact, I have so many limes since they came down in the rainstorms. I had to juice a whole bunch, and you freeze the lime juice. And then you know what you can make in the summer? Margaritas. Margaritas. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Because that is that is all classifies as part of the citrus festival. <laughs> Thank you, Thank you. So, Thank just- you. <laughs> All right. Well, we do have a very full Satellite Sisters show for you today. Leanne has her complete uh, report from Washington, from the, the March on Washington and other activities. I, last week, was away. I was in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. As you heard on the show, we had some limited connectivity. So I was going to tell you about where I was last week, but you're going to hear about it this week. This week, I also reached, the, the only way I can describe it is, the height of laziness, like the lowest low point of laziness, not just, not just me personally. I defy anyone to do anything lazier than I did yesterday. So, uh, wow. so I, I, I can't I, wait to hear I'm pretty Liz. proud of yourself. Uh, well, no, because Leanne, it was the, it was the bottoming out. It oh. was it. It was well, so. You've, uh, you've always been an overachiever. You can't. You can't just be lazy. You have to like win lazy. Okay. Good. Yes, but of course we also have a first lady's desk report, right, Julie? Yes, we do. Full report. Many first ladies. I'm going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some Tuesday trends and the Oscar noms came out this morning. It's not a full report, but we just have some gut reactions to uh, a few of the Oscar noms. But uh, let's start with you, Leanne, the Women's March in Washington. Uh, Can I just say, like, 
you set out some goals in the middle of November and you are ticking down your list, sister. It's unbelievable, Liz. That's what I kept saying all weekend long. Or my my friends and I, like, we can't believe we're here. We can't believe we're here. Because it was a wild hair of an idea right after the election and rumors of that women's march in Washington started. And we just felt compelled to go. And my college friend Barb pulled the trigger and then I got on board. She brought her sister-in-law from Denver and uh, her daughter came in from Ohio. But we were, I was so glad I went to DC. But right, in November after the election, I felt like I had to regroup, set out some goals for myself. And one was, it was act locally, act nationally, act globally, and act personally. So on the act personally, I said, I'm getting a dog and uh, Chuck did it. <laughs> I'm Steffi, Steffi's in the house. I mean, in fact, she'll probably be on the show in a little while, yes. right? Yes. Oh yeah. But she's been fantastic. Can I just say, get a dog people. If you're having hard time with anything happening in the news, I mean, we are, we are just walking it off. We are walking off a lot of issues. She is benefiting from a lot of free time that I have and we are just walking it off, and she's fantastic. And no one was okay. happier to see me yesterday than Steffi when I got home. From oh, DC. that's so great! Yeah, and then act locally. I'm still working on that one. Act nationally. Uh, I had said, you know, I'm going to go to this march, and it wasn't even a real march then. But we, I just made reservations. I used all my frequent flyer miles. I said, I'm just going to put some plane tickets on the board to go to DC and see what happens. And I have to say, I was really happy to be there and be counted and, you know, stand up for the things I believe deeply in and stand up for the state of California. I, I was sort of set out this big goal, like, well, I need to represent the women of California. But I think that was what was particularly powerful about the Washington March was women and men, mainly women, were there from all over. And that, mm -hmm. you know, there was from all 50 states. I had extended conversations with women from Alabama that were there and women from Detroit that were there. My friends came from Seattle and they came from Denver and they were there. You know, it, it, we stood next to women from Atlanta who were there. So there was a feeling that it was a big national march. So I Really, really enjoyed that piece of it. But Have you, know, you ever done any marching at all, Leanne? No. In, in, in well, you know, Julie, I was thinking back. There was a there was some small protesting, uh, 1985, you know, in a lawn chair out in front of the president's house in college, listening to Bob Marley requesting that they divest their uh, in you know investments in South Africa. That was probably. Okay. <laughs> remember that face? Remember? Yes. <laughs> I was there. But it was probably about the lawn, lawn chair and the music. Yeah. Yeah. For like an hour on a Friday afternoon. Okay. So, you know, but I have always, so I don't think of myself as an activist, but I do, I have paid attention on You're an informed citizen. For no many, doubt. many yeah. years, right. I yeah. take my role as a U.S. citizen very seriously. I do believe in being informed. I'm a big girl. So I, you know, now, so I know that both parties have issues that are great, that are worthwhile pursuing and both parties, you know, have a lot of smoke and mirrors. You know, I understand the way the world works. So uh, I'm not, you know, I don't see everything in rose colored glasses or strictly for party lines. So I, I take that very seriously. But a lot of the things that I feel are on the table in the next four years are things that I've really paid attention to. So I would just say Washington is a fantastic city of symbols. I mean, on Friday, we had the presidential inauguration 
I mean, that's an incredibly powerful ceremony, and we do it very well in America. And it was peaceful, mm-hmm. and we saw the transfer of power, and we get those visuals of the Capitol steps, and then, you know, the president gets 20 minutes to lay out their vision of the future and the inauguration, and, you know, people can listen to that unfettered from any, you know, media filter, and you can decide, are you on board? And then we had the parade and, and the balls and everything. And then the next day, you know, half a million people showed up to – we, you know, use their constitutional rights to protest peacefully and, and freedom of speech to say what they had to say. So that just in and of itself was kind of powerful because when I arrived Friday night, um, I took a midday flight from the West Coast. So I got in around nine in D.C. and we were just staying near the airport. And so once I got to the hotel bar, I wanted to have dinner uh, waiting for my friends. And, um, you know, half the bar, I would say a third of the bar was women coming in for the march. A third of the bar were people in black tie and ball gowns who had been to the inaugural balls and apparently mm. gotten no food. So they were eating. And then a third of the bar were, um, you know, high school kids on a field trip, which I think is <laughs> the hotel lobby. There were no fistfights, people. No fistfights whatsoever. It's good to hear. Good America to hear, right? was just happening. It was all happening right there at the airport Marriott bar. Like, this is what's <laughs> happening this weekend. We got the high school kids. We got the people in ball gowns. And we got the people in pink hats. And we're going to make it work. And I was just so grateful that it was peaceful. As I have to say, I had a lot of apprehension going in. Like if one more person said to me, be safe, Leanne, or, you know, several people were more pointed. I don't know why you're putting yourself in danger going to represent your values. I mean, I was so freaked out. I left the passwords for my like Facebook page on my desk in my office because I thought, well, if I don't come home, at least my husband can post a nice memoriam on my Facebook page. <laughs> I mean, it's that laughable. Really, wow, well, you were freaked out. Yeah, it's laughable now, but that's, I, I that's think quite a forethought, Liam. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, because he doesn't even know how to use Facebook, but um, <laughs> you know, I just felt like what I don't want is it to be ter- is it to be not peaceful? If there to be issues, you know. Both, both days should have, you know, their ability to shine for it. The inauguration, yes. it happened. He's the president, fine. And the next day, the protest, fine. So yes. we got there Friday night, and, um, and the next morning, we, we had done everything we were supposed to do. I got in early. I went right to the metro station to get our metro cards because they said, get them in advance. It's going to be crowded. And, you know, shout out to the Washington, D.C. metro authorities. They were fantastic. They had people stationed in the station to show all these ladies how to use the metro. (laughs) Julie, I know you appreciate that. Did you have to dip? No, it was a, it was a touch. You just touched. So several people were trying to shove their cards into the thing. So no, they couldn't have been better. There was a full compliment at nine o'clock at night on Friday night of people standing near the automated, you know, the money things I was buying for, for our whole group and how much money should I put on in this? And then, you know, then I had to get in and out. They couldn't have been nicer. Uh, So we did that. So we were ready to go Saturday morning. My friend's daughter was flying in from college that morning. So, you know me, I would have gotten up and gotten going at like 5 a.m., which is brutal (laughs) when you come from the West Coast. But we waited because we finally had the schedule of events. We thought... Thank good. I mean, thank goodness. We didn't need to be there any longer. It was a long day. And uh, and so then we we got all ready to go. We had 26 layers on. We were just practicing dehydration because we knew there was going to be very limited access to porta potties. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> don't drink a lot of water. Don't drink a lot of coffee. Just be, just be prepared to be dehydrated today. And 
We ran to the, got to the metro station. It was so crowded. We couldn't even get in the metro station. Just ah. packed. Like we went down the stairs. No one was moving. We looked at each other. You know, I'm a little claustrophobic. Other people had issues. It was, uh, we said, let's walk to the march. We knew it was only about three miles. So that's what we did. We Sure, march to the march. We marched like to the march. We walked okay, along. Good, good, Leanne. I hope you're wearing your Fitbit. Got I, those, uh, got those steps counted. Julie, we had, we did nine and a half miles that day. So <gasps> wow, uh, and that's why that's yeah, that's good. Yeah, that was a lot of walking and marching, and yeah, everybody in our team had a Fitbit on. So I, I just used my phone, but so that was actually again really symbolic thing because you're you're marching along the Potomac, and then we go across the 14th Street Bridge, and. It was raining and it had been foggy and not really raining, but definitely foggy and cloudy. And then the clouds lifted and there's the Washington Monument and everyone, the giant pack of people is moving forward. And we sort of came in behind the Washington Monument and the march was meant to start um, up near the Capitol uh, on Independence Avenue uh, and sort of come around through past the Washington Monument so you could see down the mall. And then end up behind that big park that's behind the White House there, if you know Washington. And um, and it was thrilling to march across that bridge and see people and look down Independence Avenue. I can't even. Yeah. It's, well, Washington is very dramatic and symbolic anyway. So to be there with the group, being heard. Yeah, I can see why you would get very emotional about that. Yeah, it just kind of took your breath away. We all sort of stopped and went, wow, because we looked down Independence Avenue and it was, we couldn't get anywhere close to the Capitol. It was 10 o'clock in the morning. You know, there were already hundreds of thousands of people there. And uh, there was something about those pink hats that really just made it all happen. And that was fantastic to see. And that's what I mean. There were huge moments like that. We thought, okay, I am really, really glad I'm here and being counted and doing this and this is what being a citizen of the United States means, that you have the right to do this. And that's an incredible right. And you have the mm-hmm. right to disagree or agree or reach out to other people. So I loved that was one of my favorite moments. And then we started yeah, that to. Sounds dramatic. Can I just say, speaking of hats, I noticed that your your friends were in the, the pussy hats. Yeah. But you, you opted for the satellite sister hat. I did hat. opt for the oh, satellite sister hat. Yeah. <laughs> Originally, I was going to wear... Liz, as our brand manager, is just so happy yeah. with the product placement that you did during the Women's March. Well, it was yeah. also pink, so that right. was nice, too, that you happen to have a pink satellite sister yeah. hat, but I yeah. appreciated that. Thank you, Liz. Originally, I was going to wear my California bear hat because I felt strongly, and then I put the beanie on, and several people were like, oh, is that a Russian bear? That's funny. I was like, no, it's the state symbol of California. <laughs> so I did not... I was concerned. Okay. I did not want to be seen as a pro-Russian. Mis- misinterpreted. No. <laughs> as a I, Bolshevik. Exactly. You did, that's good, Leanne. Because so, <laughs> you would have been culled from the cl- crowd, no doubt. <laughs> there was. So, again, remember I left the passwords for my Facebook account on my desk. So I was like, okay, I'm going to switch to the pink satellite sister hat. And uh, But th- shout out to Jenny Schmidt, Jenny Schmidt from Iowa who sent those hats to my friends. Thank you very much. Because goodness knows none of us could knit. But um, they were, you know... But it was we marched as we walked as far as we could. The speeches had already started. We thought, okay, we'll just we got up to about the Smithsonian, the Smithsonian Castle, if you know DC, uh-huh. and that's when it started to get so thick you couldn't really move forward. And we there was a jumbotron right there, so we thought, oh, we'll just let's just take a break and, and get up on these steps, get some high ground, and um, and watch for a little bit. And then 45 minutes later, it was just filled in. Like, we could not move. So that was as far as we got. But I was so glad we 
We could see a jumbotron. We could hear the speeches. We were on high ground. So even though we didn't do it all intentionally, it was a great place to stop because, you know, we were there for four hours listening to everyone speak. And there were really some great small moments in the speeches, you know, just people talking about why they were there. And it was a variety of issues and a variety of people and groups. But in general, it was a very positive, motivating message. There were not a lot of speeches that were taking down people or places or things. It was all about, okay, we're here. This is why. This is why I'm here. You got to do the work. You got to stay engaged. You know, this is just the beginning. Today you march, tomorrow you work. And I, it was just in general fantastic. Now, remember, most of the people there could not see or hear any of the speeches. So yeah. what was really amazing about the peaceful part is that, for instance, we were standing on what we learned later. We couldn't even turn around to see the sign. That's how packed it was was the Department of Energy building, and there's a big plaza there. There must have been 10,000 people standing behind me, literally 10,000 people standing behind me in a plaza who could not see or hear anything for four hours. Wow. And they stood stood patiently. They waited, you know, until, like, the march was ready to go. And the march was supposed to go off around 115, but people were still talking and people were still coming up. And so we didn't really start marching until about 2.30. So, I mean, people, that was, is a long time. And at one point between like one and two, I would say we were so packed in, you could barely shift weight. Oh, I mean, that well, I bet you was cold because you're with so many people, right? What's yeah. that? Were you cold? You probably weren't cold. Given no, you were so packed no, in. Yeah. no. I mean, you weren't. But how I mean, did that work with your claustrophobia? I mean, <laughs> you know what? That's where the high ground help was. Okay. Yeah. That's where the high ground helps. Cause I was, I was okay. We had just had a, we were sort of on the top step of these three steps. So I had a little bit of freedom. Although I have to say, <laughs> I have to say this, you know, it was great that the men showed up. But why did all the tall ones have to stand in front of us? You know what I mean? <laughs> you go to a women's march when you're 5'4", you think, I'm finally going to be able to see something, you know? <laughs> and sure enough, like, giant people holding signs. It's not helpful. So <laughs> That's a, a note for the next big march. Yeah. I mean, men, stand in the back. I don't, I don't know what else to say. Stand on the fringes. Like, we're here. We're marching. We just like to see for once in our lives, men. <laughs> at one point. At one point, this guy and his – it looked like a husband and wife game. Uh, and they i they were trying to, like, get up the stairs and go somewhere, but there was no going anywhere. People were shoulder to shoulder. And uh, he, he of course, was wearing a backpack, which you weren't supposed to do because backpacks take up a lot of room. You know, you know, right so now. he had his LLB backpack on. And he kept badgering his wife, like, well, why aren't they marching now? Blah, 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 blah. Well, it's one fifteen. We should get going. We should get going. And all the women were just looking at him like, y- you're a buzzkill, buddy. Okay? <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> like, this is – Right. Well, that was familiarity of violence. Yeah. So really, that was that was the closest I came to hitting anybody was that guy. But (laughs) my favorite sign of the day was I'm marching. Make your own damn sandwiches. And I (laughs) was one I appreciated. But, you know, I think what summed it up for me was the the feeling, you know, there was a feeling of unity and but it it was something less than joy. And it was one of the organizers, Tamika Mallory, who said in a, in a nice way, like in a, in a polite way, like, this is not a party. It's not a parade. It's a protest. And 
And that sort of coalesced, like, why was I feeling there was a seriousness and a somberness, I thought, to the whole vibe. Uh, you know, people were there for a reason. It wasn't Lilith Fair with signs. You know what I yeah. mean? It wasn't Mardi Gras. It was there. people were there for a reason. Whatever their reason was, they were there to express it. So even though there were so many people, and really the whole march route filled in with people. So the marching, uh-huh. at one point there was a rumor going around that the march part wasn't going to happen. But as soon as she said, no, we're marching, people just turned around and started walking. Like they were like, okay, <laughs> I sign. Let's go. Even though the speakers were still speaking. Because people were there to, to, to march, to, to, you know, use that as an act of protest. The actual, it wasn't a gathering, it wasn't a rally, it was a march. And I, so that kind of summed it up for me. And we, we stayed until all the speakers had spoken. I like Maxwell. I wanted to see him sing. I didn't even know there were going to be singers. I didn't even really know who was showing up. So when Alicia Keys showed up, I'm like, Alicia Keys, <laughs> you know, she's <laughs> the most talented woman in the world. So she was great. Way better than Bob Marley on the lawn. She, of your college she is. She was great. <laughs> and, you know, they were just great moments. I have such respect for Sabrina Fulton, um, Trayvon Martin's mother. So seeing her on stage, it was very powerful or the little girl who spoke out about, you know, keeping families together who might, you know, the kids may be undocumented or the parents may be undocumented, the eight-year-old girl who spoke out about that. Um, one of the organizers, Carmen Perez, her professor from University of um, Santa Barbara came. That was a powerful moment about mentors and women supporting each other. So we could have done with less Madonna, more of that. Is that what yeah. you're saying? You know, here's the <laughs> thing. Oh, oh. Here's the thing. Actually, like, Judd probably should have been cut from the <laughs> Okay, I will say this. We Just got there. Ashley, we, that was right when we like sort of took our perch was Michael Moore and Ashley Judd. And, and what was funny or not funny was you, the audio kept cutting out. It wasn't great audio when you were there. So just words would pop out. And at one point we all looked at each other and we're like, what is happening? And I, as I said, I think my mother would have said, I think she's on something. I mean, (laughs) I don't want to spread rumors, but that was one of those things like, because we couldn't hear every word and we just arrived, we're like, what is happening here? So (laughs) I think I heard a lot of her words together. I still had that same impression, Liam. So So, good. So, okay. I saw that on YouTube on Sunday. I watched some of the highlights. I I thought she was great, but I can, uh, Ashley Judge, but I can understand why you were spread out over the those many like meters of the whole mall, you would have had no idea what was happening. Yeah, you just really had no idea what was happening. And then, (laughs) you know, with Madonna, you know, I love her. So, uh, and when she showed up, first of all, of course she had the black pussy hat on, which was brilliant. You know, she went with the hat, but she did it her own way. So I just, I thought that was on point. But as soon as she said, that thing, uh, you know, first of all, no, you should never, yeah. ever, ever, ever threaten physical violence. That was awful. Yeah. Was Not a joking man. That was a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. And even, no matter what she did to try to walk it back, right. that was not yeah. right. Yeah. And as soon as she's, the whole eye groaned, most of the crowd groaned, people sort of reacted like, oh no, she didn't. You know, I mean, but yeah. it was one of four hours of things. So I, I'm not surprised that that's the clip they just played over and over and over again. But there were many moments that, that like... That was, I would say, in general, there was very, very little actual pointed vitriol. It was, uh-huh. in general, like, uh-huh. uh, most of the speeches didn't mention the new president by name. It was not about, let's rehash what happened then. And it was not about, you know, it was about the future. So I, that's, I didn't watch any of the that's TV nice. coverage, 
But I imagine, like, as soon as she said it, I was like, oh, gosh, that's not, it's not acceptable. It wasn't acceptable when it happened in the campaign and there were threats. It's never, ever acceptable. And I would say that is how the crowd reacted. So where I was at the Department Department of Energy. And uh, so (laughs) where I was in the Department of Energy. And then we started finally, we, once the quote March started, we just stood our ground. We stayed and just watched for an hour as people went by, you know, they're moving fairly slowly. So it was easy to read the signs and sort of take it all in the enormity of it. You have absolutely no perspective on what was happening when you were there. You didn't, we didn't even really know where we were in relation to the stage or anything. And then, you know, then you start marching and you come around the corner and there's the Capitol and the, and the White House and the Washington Monument and, you know, thousands and thousands of bodies marching peacefully. You know, the National Guard was great. The police officers were great. Everybody did what they were supposed to. So it was just a really powerful weekend. And then everybody went to find a porta potty. I think that was it. And then <laughs> after six solid hours of standing. People fanned out to find bathrooms all over Washington. So, um, so, but, you know, in general, I, like there was a, there was a wonderful spirit, but there was a, I think a spirit of seriousness to the March and, and then a lot of great conversations afterwards with, you know, it was the kind of event where you felt like you could just introduce yourself to anybody. Where are you from? Why are you here? You know, the women next to us were, they had come, they had six church buses from Atlanta. They had all gotten on the bus and come on up. I, you know, the women from Alabama, I talked to extensively that, you know, seemed like, okay, you're here from Alabama on the plane ride home. I, I, you know, was waiting in the airport, talked to a woman from Detroit who had met her mother, her aunts, her cousins, her sisters all there. And they had flown in from all over the country. So uh, there was just a wonderful spirit of, you know, okay, great. I'm glad you're here. Go back, do the work, whatever you need to do. So I just, I was great. I'm so glad I went. So glad I went. That's great. All right, Lane. Well, do we, will we see this uh, in an upcoming novel by yeah. Ian Dolphin? Do you <laughs> think that, that the heroine will, will be involved in protest marches? Yeah, no, I don't know. I, you know, who knows? I, I don't know what will, I mean, for me personally, now you have to sort of decide what your action is your action item is. I mean, a march is something you can hang your hat on. And as Gloria Steinem said, you know, okay, today we march, but tonight you need to go home. You need to ask your friends, okay, what do we do tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day? And that's actually sort of what we did at dinner. And, and then uh, Sunday, I had a time the whole day there in Washington, and I was able to meet my sister-in-law, who was there, and my niece, who was there. My sister-in-law came from Berkeley. My niece came from college in Ohio. And, we, you know, we talked about that. And everybody at, everybody at the breakfast spot had been at the march. And then we went to a museum, and everybody there had been at the march. And everybody was introducing themselves and talking. And so just, just I think, engagement, engagement. And for me, it's you know, getting more women into office. I, I just think that's the, in either party, I really think that is, would may, be a huge breakthrough. And there are profession, there are organizations that work on that every single day and, you know, informing yourself, voting and getting more women into office, I think are really important things. That That's what I took away from it. But people took their own thing away. There were a lot of young people there, a lot of young people, a lot of young women, a lot of young men, but a lot of young women. I thought, Okay, here we go. I, I, I'm sure that women had not, young women had not really encountered a lot of this before, and I think the election mm-hmm. was a wake-up call for them. So, yeah, I don't. So I don't know about will it filter into my fiction? I don't know, but will it filter into my life? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, so, that's great. Yeah, that's great. 
Well, I, I know we have to take a break to thank a sponsor, but before we do that, I want to say that, of course, the next massive gathering of women in America is um, the Satellite Sisters' appearance on April 22nd at the Santa Monica Public Library. Okay. <laughs> yes. No, no so, hats required. You just, just, or just bring the hats. We don't wear your hat them. if you want. You want to make new signs, bring old signs, whatever. Uh, but we'll, we'll put all the, you'll hear more details about this. But we just do want to remind people if you have a moment where you want to get together with your own Satellite Sisters and just have a, a fun weekend in Southern California, we are going to be speaking at the Santa Monica Public Library on April 22nd. That's a Saturday. We will be there at 2 p.m. All five sisters will be there. We haven't quite figured out exactly what we're going to do, uh, but there'll be 2 p.m. Saturday, April 22nd. Then we're going to organize some kind of no-host meetup. Maybe we'll march to a meetup, you know? We can just, we'll get it close enough to the library. So, you know, it'll only be a couple of blocks, but we can have a march to our meetup. So, uh, so we're working on that. So just circle that on your calendar uh, if you want to be together with a number of your satellite sisters and now we will take a quick break to uh thank a sponsor hi it's lean and julie here with satellite sisters and we want to thank and thanks satellite sisters for supporting the people that support us and we're back we have we still have a whole list of things we need to talk to you about. But first, as long as we're talking Washington, Julie, the first lady's desk must be, it's just a, it's just a whole new world for you. So much, it is. so much first lady news over the last week or two. Well, it is, it is a whole new world. And uh, I was very busy monitoring all things. I mean, first of all, uh, the departure of what, what, who surely is one of the all-time great first ladies, Michelle Obama. And, you know, it, the whole country benefited from her participation and her leadership and her style and grace. And uh, I think, you know, that that is really, you know, that's something to mark uh, that uh, that her tenure tenure as uh, first lady. And it's now we have a new first lady or should I say a new first family, because they have officially renamed the office of first lady to the office of the first family. We knew with this election. Really? I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. That's the, the we knew with this election she there Liz, was going she's to monitoring be- the situation. <laughs> I know. Thank God we have a desk <laughs> for a long time, people. <laughs> and, and as we said here at the First Lady's desk, that this is that uh, we support all First Ladies and to do whatever they want to do, that we are not a partisan group and that we try to lift up all First Ladies. And now apparently we're going to lift up all First Families because we knew with this election that there was going to be a change in the First Lady's desk anyways. Uh, if we were looking at President Clinton as the First Lady um, and now in this case, we're going to have the First Families. So that will be interesting to watch. And I just uh, I just think that Melania Trump did a beautiful job. Now, you have to keep in mind, like Michelle Obama, um, Michelle Obama, who never grew up dreaming to be first lady. I, I know that that was never Michelle Obama's dream. And there she was in that role and just knocked it out of the park. I am certain that Melania Trump was never dreaming that she would become first lady of the United States. And now she has that role. 
and that we just need to give her time and give that family time to to define that role and to to do great uh, to do great things and i so i'm really saying please as i've always said leave the ladies alone exactly. and you know and yeah. you know who i'm talking about chelsea handler you know you know <laughs> who i'm talking about i mean this is just not I mean, you know, I think, Leon, your comments were very inspiring. Okay. If you didn't agree, if you don't agree with this administration, you know, get involved, you know, right. do something. But to, to post snarky stuff about Melania Trump, okay, that's, that's not really being involved. Okay. No, it's that's, sort of, it's the easiest thing you can do. Even Gloria yeah. Steinem said we need afterwards, you know, hit send is not, that's not, not a strategy. An right. Right. That's okay. not a strategy, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just really, you know, need to let her let her develop in that role, need to let that family develop in that role, because none of them, you know, thought that they were going to be in that position. And I have particular empathy for Melania Trump, because as a as a spouse that had to relocate my children twice in the middle of the school year because of my husband's position, I can totally under empathize with the fact that she is trying to create the most stable environment for her son. And uh, and I also think that NBC did the right thing by suspending that SNL writer for putting out that terrible uh, tweet. OK, we have to leave those families alone. OK, that wasn't funny. Yeah, it just seems like by now I can't believe there's anyone that doesn't understand that the kids are off limits. Right. You know, yeah. That's, yeah. That's yeah. crazy to me. But yeah. Yeah. So, so we're just reviewing some of the basic principles today of, you know, let's let's you know, let's really if you if you have if you have if you want to protest, if you want want to do something else, but leave this family alone. I also want to just do a shout out to Mrs. Barbara Bush, who has been in the hospital as well as President Bush. They are on the men's, but I have to give a particular shout out to Barbara Bush because, you know, here she is. Her husband is in, you know, the ICU ICU unit here in, in a hospital in Houston. And then she ends up in the hospital because of exhaustion, but they want to put out a photo. And don't you know that Barbara Bush, she found herself a cute little sweater set and slapped those pearls on and got her (laughs) earrings in and she's smiling in the picture. Good for her, you know? Good for her. She understands what her public wants yes, to see. Yes, she is. Yes, she understands what it means to be a first lady. Okay, okay. She wasn't going to be in a bathrobe or a hospital gown. She she brought pearls, or she got pearls in the hospital. Okay, so that's the kind of people. So, but we, I mean, everybody is going to define that as they will. And I, and I just, if we, you know, if we try to. You know, either not say anything. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it, as our mother would always say. On any format. On any format. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Liam. Because you could also waste a lot of energy over one tiny sentence. And just don't do that. Just move along with your life. Move Move along. along. Move along. And guess what? It's not going to change anyone's mind about anything. So save save yourself the trouble. You're You're right, Liz. Okay. And just one final note about civility this week. Just could we all agree, uh, all across this great nation, no, no discussing politics on airplanes. Okay, please, <laughs> please. We've already had a couple of incidents. And I mean, don't we have enough to deal with when we get on planes? You know, no overhead bin space. They're dirty. They're delayed. We got weather. Just no politics, people. Please. <laughs> 
right? You know, I have to yeah. just finish with one story about the airport yesterday, which brings this up. So we're getting in line. That's nightmare at, at DCA. It's, our plane is late. They've switched equipment. 20 people have to get off. You know, we're finally boarding an hour and a half late. And, uh, and there were, it's like half and half men, women. So, you know, it's back to business as normal in Washington, D.C. Um, but I was boarding with another young woman who was wearing her pink hat. And there were two men there. And they are not priority access, okay? Whereas we are. But they are literally standing in the middle of the priority lane. And they're talking like as loudly as they can about, well, I have status on another airline. Well, like, like it's some sort of male shame that they, they're not priority. And how could all these women be priority? In priority? <laughs> and I just looked at her. I was like, back to the patriarchy. Here we go. Jeez, <laughs> like, really? You have to prove yourself by the status of your freaking flyer miles on another airline? Oh, it's just ridiculous. So you're right, Julie. Just no politics. Really, we should all agree. Just yeah. no politics on planes. Yeah. No politics on planes. Yeah, my right, well, mate was a male and he said, Did, were you at the march? And I just said, yes. And I didn't know what his status was, so I didn't want to get into it. Right. Don't, don't even, yep. yeah, just no follow-up questions. Didn't say anything. No yep. Good. I was there. Good. Good, Leanne. <laughs> That's the way to go. All right. Well, speaking of travel, I spent a few days last week in uh, the 18th century, did a little bit of time travel, uh, got myself out of the mix here in the United States. I went with three friends, take a few days off in the beautiful Mexican town of San Miguel de Allende. And it's up in the mountains um, in Mexico. And it's just this amazing, beautiful place. It is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And, you know, I've heard that thrown around a lot. And, you know, I've visited some. But I didn't know what that really meant. I I knew it meant it was a really cool place that, you know, the world was working on preserving. But Mm -hmm. I I looked up what it is just because it's kind of curious. And if just FYI, a UNESCO World Heritage Site is something cultural, historical, or scientific that symbolizes a remarkable footprint of extreme human endeavor. Ah. And it's also, yeah, so that's cool. And it's often um, coupled with an act of indisputable accomplishment of humanity, which then serves as a surviving evidence of its intellectual existence on the planet. So who knew? Anyway, so some of the U.S. World Heritage Sites are things like Yellowstone, the Grand Canyons, and the Everglades, but also Independence Hall is a World Heritage Site because it says so much about America and democracy and all of that. The Statue of Liberty, also World Heritage Site. Monticello and the University of Virginia, World Heritage Site. So in uh, so that's sort of the context here. But then in Mexico, there are places like Oaxaca, Chichen Itza. But Julie, I believe you've been to, in Jordan, you've been to Petra, right? Yes. Yes, it's yeah. a remarkable site, and it yeah. definitely meets the category, as you just mm-hmm. described. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the news lately, we've seen a lot about Aleppo. Aleppo was a World Heritage Site. I know, site. I know. And I say was because so much of it has been destroyed. You know that much of that was built in the uh, third millennium B.C. So anyway, so San Miguel, is what's so interesting about it is that until the 1500s, it was indigenous people living there. Then when the Spanish arrived, 
that part of the world at the time was called New Spain. The Spanish arrived in the 1500s, and so they sort of took over. Then there was this whole silver mining boom in the 1600s and 1700s. And by the mid-1800s, just, you know, I don't want to be too pedantic about this, but I thought this was really cool. By the mid-1800s, uh, San Miguel de Allende was bigger than either New York or Boston. How about that? That's pretty amazing. That is, that is shocking. That is shocking. Yes, because it was such a silver mining hub. Anyway, then that all went away. And for a long time, then what makes it so interesting is it just became like a ghost town. Like once the silver mining went bust, it was uh, it was empty for like many, many years, frozen in time. I'm sorry. I apologize. Hello, Steffi. Steffi, Steffi thinks it's amazing, too. She cannot <laughs> believe excited. it. She wants to get into the conversation. Sorry, Liz. Sorry. I know you're trying to really do some work here and stuff, and I'm sorry. Just lay some groundwork. But no, I'm done with laying the historical okay. groundwork. So let me tell let me tell you what I really did. I was just kind of laying low last week. I was, uh, as I said, with some friends. We um, we went to cooking school one day, which okay. was, which is actually Liz. kind of fun. That's shocking too. The second <laughs> shocking fact. I know. School. We made many things stuffed inside many peppers, uh, and we made a cake uh, that, you know. The, the... Liz, making a cake. <laughs> you made a cake? She yeah. made a cake, Leanne. Yeah. <laughs> you know that Tres Leches cake? Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The sort of traditional, but we made that. We made that. All Leanne, right. I, I now know how to make that. I, I'm not. I'm sure you're not going to call on me to ever make you one, but but well, I do still. Do have you know the how to make one now? Like the last person in the world, Liz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Tres leches. I am looking at the recipe right now, and it's a recipe. Our teacher is a woman named Chris Randolph. Uh, Chris Rudolph, sorry, and she's been there in San Miguel for like 30 years. Uh, written a number of Mexican cookbooks. Uh, originally from Houston, there are a lot of you know Americans and Brits that live there as expatriates. But Yelian, I'm looking at the menu right now: flour, baking powder, salt. Someday I'm going to shock you, and I'm going to actually make this. Uh, but so, so that was really fun. But it's also a town that a lot of people go to for longer visits to either go to Spanish language school or or study art. And so you see a lot of people, particularly women of a certain age, I would say. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> women of a certain age kind of hanging out in San Miguel de Allende, you know, expanding themselves culturally. So uh, so that was really nice. And I and while I was there, I also read a book about living in San Miguel de Allende. It's a book called On Mexican Time by Tony Cohan. So it's sort of like the Mexican version of A Year in Provence. Or okay. under the Tuscan sun. So if you're never going to have a chance to go to San Miguel, but you want to like feel what it would be like to be an expatriate moving there and sort of absorbing the culture. I mean, the Mexican culture is so fascinating because there have been all of these waves, the Aztecs, the Mayan, the Spanish, the modern age. So uh, anyway, so that was sort of my my lay low plan for last week. Um, and then I got back this weekend Mm-hmm. And uh, so first day of the rest of my life was yesterday. Uh, okay. And how did that go, Liz? Yeah. Well, I got to say, like, nobody has ever done anything lazier than what I did yesterday. The I know I promoted this at the top of the show. Here's what happened. I'm feeling okay about it. 
but I just, I got to whip myself into shape, right? I got to like, I got to just recommit to like physical fitness and health and all of that. And I attempted to do this last summer and with very limited success. And I blame it on the fact that I bought a new Fitbit and then I lost it. So (laughs) that's good. That is, that's like a whole new class of excuses. Yeah. Your iPhone tracks stuff. I know it's on there. Go to the heart thing right on your homepage. It's already loaded on. You can track your steps at the very least. But it's I'm, there. I'm also trying to spend less time with my phone. Oh, that's okay. part of the, that's part of the new life. So so I decided yesterday, like, OK, uh, maybe I should just get a new Fitbit. I know I need to track my physical activity. That would be good. But I was sitting here at my desk at home. And, uh, you know, I was reading the various reviews of, you know, there's so many different fitness trackers out there. And once I started reading the reviews, I was like, well, I can just order this on Amazon. I don't, you know, I don't even have to leave the house to go get a Fitbit. And then I realized like Amazon in my neighborhood has that Amazon Now service where you can order it and it arrives within an hour. Like you, you literally don't have to get out of your chair. You don't do anything. Just ding dong. An hour later, your new fitness tracker is there. <laughs> that's what you so, did. So that's what I did, Leanne. Yep. Because I thought, well, it would take me more than an hour to get in my car and drive to Best Buy and go buy one. Why do I need to do that? I can just sit here and <laughs> And how many points did you get once you slapped that city? <laughs> So anyway, so yeah, so then I charged it up. And by last night, I was racking up points. It's funny that you talk about your citrus celebration, Julie, because one of the things you realize eating Mexican food is part of what makes it so tasty is that they squeeze lime on everything. Everything. Right? Yeah. Just like the key to every food and drink, by the way is lime. Yeah. So last night, once I got my Fitbit all charged up, I thought, I'm just going to walk down to the supermarket and I'm going to buy some limes. So that was my big fitness activity last night is walking home uh, with a bag of limes. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to reorganize. (laughs) I'm just laughing because you were, you know, you've just been such a high profile, high high productive person and yeah. now your big activity you walk i know and got a bag of limes this is what i mean julie you have to start from the bottom you gotta start from the bottom and build yourself back up here's what was distressing to me but i'm going to overcome it so when i went to go that you know you go online and you register your new fitbit so i went to go do that and the one I lost this summer apparently was not this brand or whatever. But I guess I had one three years ago. Remember Operation Sea Turtle? Oh, my yeah. fitness program before we went to the Galapagos? Yeah. Well, I must have had a Fitbit then. And that was a very successful fitness program for me. So, so when I went to log into what I thought was my new Fitbit account, I realized I had an old Fitbit account. And it, the sad part was that it had my weight at the time of, oh, the shoot. of Operation oh. Sea Turtle. So, but that's, okay, it's good to face the facts, right. right? So during Operation Sea Turtle, I lost 22 pounds to get ready for that trip. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm sad to report that since Operation Sea Turtle, I have added 22 points. Oh, shoot. But, uh, 22 p- pounds. But the good news is, I'm just back to where I started. Right. So, 
I can start again. Yeah, Operation yes, Sea Turtle Three. This is now, and uh, with a twist of lime. I think with- that was gonna, <laughs> that's what's going to like make this one different. It's going to yeah. charge you up, Liz. Yeah, a bag yeah. of lime. I'm yep, going to yep. send you some limes to count on it. I'm putting some in a box today. I'm sending it out there. Maybe I'll call Amazon. Maybe they can come to my house, pick them up, and deliver them to you. <laughs> they can pick them off the tree, put them in a box, yes. and deliver them to you. <laughs> yes. So my new morning routine is to try to, like, get up. You know, since since I lost Ferris two weeks ago, I, my first thing always used to be to walk Ferris. But as he got older... That was not exactly an aerobic activity, you right. know, and That's those, walk, yeah. those walks got shorter and shorter. So now uh, it's get up, get out of the house, go for a long walk, come back, read the paper, have, you know, some kind of protein based something or other, and then start my day. So, but the read the paper part has also kind of fallen through the cracks. I'm not sure what happened with the delivery. I get the LA Times and the New York Times in the morning. Well, not the last three days I haven't. I keep calling and complaining and it just hasn't arrived. But what I did get today, I went out to go get my New York Times. Nope, nothing. But I got a copy of a magazine called Childbirth Graphics. Oh, (laughs) that's right up your alley. I am that not sounds sure. disgusting. Childbirth graphics. Yes. I am not Yikes. sure what the message is supposed to be. It is. It's. It's all posters you can buy for your doctor's office oh. or oh. something. <laughs> okay, so so I didn't really read childbirth graphics. I'm sure you'll understand why. And um, so I'm just, I just got to lock that uh, newspaper thing into place, and then. I have my new morning routine plus the lemon and hot water. There you go. And here's the best part about Operation Sea Turtle with the twist. Now that we have April 22nd as kind of a gathering of the Satellite Sisterhood, I have a little bit of a goal. Yeah, you, know, you have a target okay. date, Liz. I like it. It's like good it. to have a target date. So that's where I am. Height of laziness yesterday afternoon, but I'm climbing back up now. It's It all starts now with the okay. twist of I like it, Liz. I, that's positive. That's good. Just uh, one day at a time. That's good. Yeah. Well, Liz, you know, it's Tuesday and I have some Tuesday trends. And uh, you may find this interesting that both of these things were morning activities. So I don't know if you want to uh, get involved with this or not. Now, the first one, I, I really am I'm not I don't know anything about this, but I was out walking uh, uh, yesterday morning and I noticed 30 women of a certain age, and it was early. It was like 7.30 in the morning. It's about 45 degrees here in Dallas. And there were 30 women of a certain age. They were all in their camp chairs. They had blankets. They had little coolers, coffee cups. And they were gathered outside a store that's not too far from my house, where there's a little like strip mall area pretty close to my house. And they were I guess they were in line waiting for a store to open at 10 a.m. But at 7.30 in the morning, they were already in line waiting for this. Uh, But because it was all women, uh, it was a very congenial line. In fact, it was kind of a circle. They were all (laughs) sitting in a circle talking to each other. And so I said, what are you doing here? And they were said they were there to get uh, a rustic cuff. Have you heard this? Rustic cuff. Rustic.com. This is a bracelet company. You can look at it online. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking it up. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Let's, well, let's keep it, going. 
rustic cuff and featured in Oprah's favorite things of 2016 was a bracelet, a cuff called the Dallas uh, Black Sting uh, Stingray Cuff. And apparently at the store that morning, they were going to be selling these bracelets and uh, they're they're uh, consider uh, the description of them. You know, are, they're both classy and they've got kind of an edgy look to them. Um, and they're apparently Gail's Gail King's favorite, so she enjoys these. They're handmade by this company that sort of specializes in bracelets. And all these women were like they they were scambling to get one of these rustic cuffs. I don't understand what they do. What do they do? They do bracelets? Just, no, it's just a bracelet. Oh, it's just a bracelet. Oh, it's just a bracelet. That's it. Really? It doesn't. It doesn't count calories or steps or anything. Huh. It's yeah, just, it's huh. a ninety six dollar bracelet according yeah. to their website. I'm looking at and, it now. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I don't, I don't know if I'd wait in line for one. But yeah, I don't okay. know either. Man, but they were. They really I'm felt sure you like you can get it on Amazon and they'll bring it right to your door. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure it's a like, oh my gosh, first in my neighborhood, rustic cuff kind of thing, but okay. All right. Okay, but I, that maybe, maybe there's something more to it. So I'm just, I'm putting it, putting it out there. You know, if you know anything more about this company uh, and why these bracelets are so hot, uh, but apparently it was worth it to these 30 women to be sitting in line for several hours in kind of a chilly morning. Now, Liz, here is the second trend. But so we're on it early. So if rustic cuff is a big deal, you heard it here first at Satellite Sisters. You heard it here second, right? Or second? Yeah, (laughs) we heard it really second because Oprah discovered it. You're you're right, Liz. But um, okay. Now this second thing, uh, Liz and Leon, you have to do this. I'm I'm, in fact I'm thinking of signing up for this. Have you heard of Daybreaker.com? Oh, I yes. Yeah, I okay. get their emails. Okay. We I've t- attempted several times to go to them, and it just hasn't worked out. Yeah. Okay, this so- this sounds fun. It's an email community. You sign up online, and once you sign up, members and it costs like twenty or twenty five dollars to sign up. Once you sign up, members find out about a venue usually about three weeks before the date, and then in the morning because these these are these this event starts either around six thirty or seven a.m. It's a two-hour full-on dance party. Yep. Right. Dance party in the morning. And it includes, they have DJs, they have professional DJs. And every 15 minutes as part of this dance party, they have wow moments where they might have an aerialist or a slam poet or some other performer. And you get green juice or coffee and tea and breakfast treats. And you come and dance. And it's offered in 15 different cities. And there are up to 400 people at these dance parties in the morning, early that's morning that's, dance party. Yes. Wow. That's a so big idea. It, yeah. I think it's a big idea. It's called daybreaker.com. Uh, we, they have dance parties in Dallas. So I, I'm a little afraid I might be the oldest person going to this <laughs> dance party, but I, I might get a friend and see if uh, we might sign up and see if we'd go. Yeah. Yeah. They do it in LA. It's all, it's in several, a bunch of cities across the country. Now, a friend of mine has been, she said they're really fun. And the idea is like, you're dancing, there's no drugs, there's no alcohol, there's nothing. Cause it's six in the morning. So that's, yes. you know, it's, it's, it's sort of just a, a feel good dance party at 6am. Yeah. They're packed in LA packed. They're definitely yeah. packed. So Liz, I think you should get on that. It could be, you could add that to your morning routine morning when you're routine. not, yeah. when you're not shopping for rustic cuffs early in the morning. Okay. 
<laughs> All right. I have the whole rest of cuff store here. It's sort of interesting. The founder was a guest on the Oprah Winfrey show. She yes. came on because yes. she was a self-proclaimed regifter. Uh-huh. Little did she know she was ambushed by a panel of etiquette experts who labeled uh-huh. her rude and tacky for regifting. Yes. So she felt so terrible after that. She's like, oh, I guess I have to give my family and friends something new and something interesting. And so she created these bracelets. And, exactly. And then she ended up giving one to Gail King, who regifted it to Oprah, who uh, wore it on the cover of her magazine. So there okay. you go. <laughs> wow. Inspirational story. That's a good story. Let's do that. <laughs> there you go, Julie. Well done. <laughs> All right. Well, wow. We have worked through a lot of material, but breaking news this morning are the Oscar noms. Have you guys had a chance to look at any of the Oscar nominations? I have. I have, Liz. Yeah, probably have some some gut reactions. Julie, can I just say the the movie that you brought to Satellite Sisters attention very early on in the movie season Mm -hmm. was Hell or High Water nominated for Best Picture, sister. Yeah. Oh, it was. Oh, good. Yes, oh, and Jeff was, Bridges, oh, just Jeff Bridges, and the screenplay. Best. Oh, screenplay. that was a great. I was wondering why that didn't get more, um, more Golden Globe nominations. I was like, that yeah. was a great yeah. movie. Where, where the heck is that one? Oh, I'm yep. glad to hear that. Oh, great. Yeah. So the, so the, the the best picture noms are Arrival, which I'm never going to see. It was. Calm. It was actually pretty good. It was Liz. Terrible. Really? I, I slept yeah. through the whole thing. I literally couldn't <laughs> okay. keep my eyes. Open. All right, you got a split decision. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, so it's Arrival, Fences, which I've seen Denzel Washington in the play. Yeah. So which yeah, and he was excellent. So yeah. I'll probably get a, get around to seeing the movie, but haven't rushed out to that. Hacksaw Ridge. Mm, that's Never Mel Gibson. Yeah. Yeah. Then Hell or High Water. Yeah. Uh, Hidden Figures, which I think I might go see today. I think yeah. that could be my because I haven't gotten around to that. Would I you bring that, a bring a bring a couple of oranges with you, Liz, and go to the <laughs> go to the movies? The I know in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, people have been talking about that movie and how great yeah. it is. And then La La Land, of course, uh, Lion, which sounds like a total tearjerker. Uh-huh. Manchester by the Sea, which yeah. I loved. It's very slow and very sad. And yeah. again, I know some people on the in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group found it boring and i can understand why it's not for everyone but i really enjoyed that movie and moonlight which i also enjoyed very poetic and beautiful and about a life story that you have not seen before on the screen so so those are the noms i think that's a pretty good list i think it's a good list i also want to say a man called ove which was our uh, satellite (laughs) sister book club pick uh the movie was nominated for best foreign film so yeah how about okay. that? And of course, Justin Timberlake, my guy, his Can't Stop the Feeling was nominated <laughs> for Best Song. So we all want to vote for that. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry, because he's up against my guy, Lin-Manuel Miranda, <laughs> yes. the song from Moana. So, yeah, yeah Moana, I thought the songs good. from La La Land were great. So I don't know. I think it's going to be a tough okay. category. I know. Now, here's my only thing about La La Land, Leanne, is I, I enjoyed scenes of that movie. But the whole time I was watching that movie, I kept thinking... 
that Patina Miller, uh, Daisy on Madam Secretary, and Eric Bergen, Blake on Madam Secretary, real song and dance people would have do- uh, would have done a better job in the leads. That's <laughs> that's really but my thing. It was a it's it's a musical. You should have gotten Broadway stars to be in that uh, in that show. That's, I don't think you're alone in that assessment, but I think the director yeah. had a clear vision. So uh, and yeah. and maybe and I think the the Academy disagrees, but. Yeah, someday, someday it will be a musical on Broadway, and they can put those people in the leads. But <laughs> there was certain charm. I think that was intentional to, of the director. So I love La La Land. I thought it was great. So yeah, I thought it was lovely. Yeah. The did you see there was a skit about it on Saturday Night Live this past weekend about people getting arrested for not loving La La Land? <laughs> it was it was it was super funny. Well, you know, because it's the morning and people have to pretend they're surprised and, you know, publicists are out peddling their, you know, their clients' first reactions. There's already news here on the West Coast about who's saying what about being nominated. And I've one low light and one highlight. The low light is is Mel Gibson. His response this morning is, uh, what could be better than to get the news that I, because he won a Best Director nom, uh, what could be better than a Best Director nomination than sitting here, while I'm sitting here holding my newborn son? And I was like, yuck, Mel Gibson has a newborn son? Okay, let's, okay. Uh, no, no details, no follow-up questions. <laughs> and then the Alison Schroeder uh, got a nomination for Best Adopted Screenplay for Hidden Figures, which is great and she is the only woman nominated in that category by the way so so she said i will do my best to represent i think we need to do better in the future i look forward to these categories being filled with women so yay allison that's a good good response Yeah. yeah that is a good response anyway so uh i'm sure we can work up some kind of voting balloting commenting at the satellite sisters facebook group but uh we're in the we're in the throes of it now people it's a it's award season <laughs> okay <laughs> and then just a couple of last things um i wanted to mention first of all two weeks ago on the show that's when i i told you that i had just lost my beautiful dog ferris and people were Oh my God, so nice. So many beautiful, beautiful messages in the Facebook group. So I just want to thank everybody for that. And special shout out to the people that went to the snail mail step, because I know we joke a lot about I'm the one that picks up the mail and sometimes the mail doesn't really get dealt with, (laughs) but there were, there were cards from people. I especially want to thank Kathleen uh, wrote me a very nice card and uh, to say how sad she was, sending you love. And then she put XO Kathleen and then in parentheses, a long, long, long time listener. Oh, so that's so nice. that is that is very sweet of you, Kathleen, and to everyone else who, you know, went out of their way to to acknowledge that the I was, you know, anyway, I was very still very sad. It's lonely here. But yeah, it must have been my, hard coming home from Mexico. Right. It was. It's yeah. the first time I've come home and not have him waiting for me. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. you just you feel a certain emptiness in the yeah. house. And as I had noted, like originally I put his dog bed away and then I couldn't stand it. So I put it back out. So his dog bed is still <laughs> no. this dog. 
dog bed is still where it used to be. And I just feel better being able to look at his dog bed. So on that note about lifting people up and doing things that are a little more joyous, thank you to Samantha for the silly post in the Facebook group. (laughs) That was excellent. Excellent. (laughs) She posted a little game just to try to get us all out of our spirals. And it was about just asking us all to list the name of the last book we had read, but then followed by the phrase, with a chainsaw. And you think, you think, what is this about? And, but then when you actually start doing it, it's, it's actually pretty funny. So I, I, I was on Mexican time with the chainsaw. Uh, but there are, there's already more than 100 Satellite Sisters who have played Samantha's Little Game in the Facebook group. And it's just, it will make you smile. That's all I'm going to say. So thank you, Samantha, for, uh, for helping us smile. So there you have it, sisters. Anything else uh, we got to cover? I think that's it. That's it. All right. Well, we will. Do you guys have any TV recaps this week? There was no Madam Secretary this week? There was no Madam Secretary, right? Okay. But that was when it's going to be on, but we will be watching (laughs) and we will recap. (laughs) How about that for an answer, Leanne? Did you like (laughs) it? That's a good one. Yeah, and I think we're just waiting for Outlander to come back. If Julie can stand it again, we'll probably, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen on the TV front? So, but yeah, we're just waiting for Madam Secretary to come back. So that's it. Yeah, and I have okay. a dentist appointment this week. Looking forward to that. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, remember Citrus Festival, though the citrus can be very hard on your tooth enamel from what I read. <laughs> no. So just hey, don't bring me down, Liz. Okay. <laughs> so. All right. Well, that's it for us this week. Remember, you can always email us, uh, sisters at satellitesisters.com. Join our Facebook group. Like our Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Sat Sisters. Um, you know, stay noisy, be civil, and don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>